Welcome to Chapter 1 with Houston Public Library, where we give you just enough story to get you hooked. This episode features Lifeboat 12 by Susan Hood, read by Claire. This title is intended for tweens and is suitable for most audiences, recorded with permission of Simon & Schuster. Chapter 1. Escape. Summer 1940. The Envelope. I shouldn't do it. I know I shouldn't. I'll be in trouble if I open the large envelope addressed to my parents. But it's stamped on His Majesty's service. It's not every day a family like mine gets a letter from the king. The clock tick, tick, ticks. I glance down the hall to make sure I'm alone. I slide my finger under the flap and peer inside. Dear sir or madam, I am directed by the Children's Overseas Reception Scheme. It's nothing. A dull form letter, but wait. Someone has written my name. Your preliminary application has been considered by the board, and they have decided that Kenneth J. Sparks is suitable for being sent to Canada. What are you doing? cries my stepmom, seizing the letter from my hands. That is not addressed to you. Charles! Charles! This cheeky son of yours wants a good clout about the ears. That letter is about me, I say. You're sending me away. I glare up at my father, who appears in the doorway. My stepmom got her wish to get rid of me. Ken, let me explain, says my dad. This letter could save your life. The reasons why. They sit me down. I shrug their hands off my shoulders and stare at the floor, heart slamming, heat rising. They talk and talk, voices swirling in the air, rising and falling, overlapping, interrupting, weaving a net, a trap. But I'm not going to fall for it. I try to block them out. I concentrate on the slowing the storm in my head. They're sending me away? But hang on. What's that about the Germans? The Germans are coming, says Dad. France surrendered this summer and the Nazis are gunning for England next. Hundreds of thousands of parents applied to have their kids sent out of harm's way. You're lucky to have been selected, says Mum. I have a sister in Edmonton, Canada. You can live with her. With your father out of work, money is tight. We can rent out your room to help pay for rations. Just think. Sailing on a ship, says Dad. It will be an adventure. You'll make your way in the world. Get your head out of those books. My books? My stories of buccaneers and buried gold? Cowboys, braves, and days of old? (laughs) I snort. 
Most parents would be chuffed to have a kid who loves to read. I read them because they take me away, far from the way I'm living. My three-year-old sister toddles over and rests her head on my knees. I run my hand over her curls. What about Margaret? Shouldn't she go too? She's too young, says Mum. Only ages five through fifteen are allowed. At thirteen, I'll be one of the oldest. No adults? I ask. Parents can't go, says my dad. But you'll have escorts, a whole staff of doctors, nurses, teachers, priests who are volunteering. Yes, son, you're one of the lucky ones. You leave in September. You mustn't tell your friends, says Dad. Loose lips sink ships, you know. And there will be a new overcoat for you, says Mum, as if that cinches the deal. I squint up at her and think I'm as good as gone. I tear out of the house. Escape. I dash down the streets, down the railway line, across the tracks, over a fence. There in the wall, behind the loose brick, I snatch my stash of penny cannon fireworks. I stick some in a tree, strike a match to the fuse, and back away. I watch as the wick sputters, smokes, sparks. Blam! It makes quite a hole. The charcoal-scented smoke wafts away and my fury with it. The smoke distracts me as it does angry bees. Let's face it, my stepmom has never liked me. She calls me a terror, a little so-and-so. I wish my own mom were alive. The doctors told her she wasn't supposed to have children, but she didn't listen. She died soon after I was born. It's all my fault. But why did my dad have to marry my nanny? Well, I wouldn't have Margaret otherwise. Sure, she's a bother sometimes, but she makes me laugh. I think about my stepmom, the ship, and this evacuation plan. I feel like a hand-me-down my stepmom doesn't want, so she'll donate me to a good cause. Forget it. I'm not going. She won't get rid of me that easily. I climb over another fence, hoist myself up on a tree, and grab an apple to eat. She thinks I'm a terror? Just because I like to scrump a few apples? My dad just says I'm full of beans. I can't get away with much or I get a clout round the ear hole or the cane at school. Now they want to send me away across the ocean. Well, I'm not going. The New World, that's what they call it. I wonder what it's like. Everything I own is old, tired, second-hand. Well, I got a new mom, but I'm her second-hand kid. She makes me feel worn, torn, worthless. A new world sounds wide open, a chance to start my miserable life over again. A black ant makes his way along the gnarled branch, high off the ground. He's brave, that one. I chew on my apple. 
How can it taste sour and sweet at the same time? Maybe Dad's right. It will be an adventure. Far from the rations, far from my stepmom's scowl, far from teacher's cane, far from the war, twould be a folly to miss this chance. They say I'm one of the lucky ones. Maybe I am. A sea change. A dog starts barking. A man yells, Hey, you again? Get down out of that tree. Clear off or I'll have your hide. I pluck another apple, jump down, and run for the fence. The dog at my heels. Up and over I make my getaway. All the way home, I think of narrow escapes and high adventure. Okay, I'll show them. I'll go and grow up like the chaps in my books, like Wart and Robin Hood. I'll go to sea like Jim Hawkins or Robinson Crusoe. How long will I be gone? Months? Years? Will I ever come back? Liver again. Oh, you're home now, are you? Says my stepmom as I walk in the door. You get a little hungry and all is forgiven. Leave him be, Nora, says my dad. He's had a lot to think about. Come on, son, let's sit down to eat. Mum places a plate of roly-poly on the table. I've watched her make it before. A bit of chopped liver rolled up in a pastry of flour, oatmeal, and suet. Disgusting. I grab a potato and say, I'm not hungry. You will be if this rationing gets any worse, says Mum. Those Huns keep sinking our food supply ships, and you'll be lucky for any scraps you get. That's almost the last meat for the week, so eat up. Any sweets, Mummy? asks Margaret. Yes, dear, says Mum. A nice baked milk pudding for dessert. Now eat your roly-poly. Ugh, I'm ready to get out of here. Something new. I haven't had store-bought clothes in months. Years, maybe. Make do and mend, everyone says, part of the war effort. I wear hand-me-downs from cousins and neighbors, patched, faded, worn, torn, with stains that won't come out, with arms too long, legs too short. But it's cold in Canada, says my stepmom. With no overcoats to be found from friends, I find myself fussed over in a shop of second-hand clothes. He is just the ticket, young man, says the storekeeper, who seems beside himself to have a customer. Try it on. I look in the mirror and run my hands down the good English wool. Dark gray, double-breasted with wide lapels, deep pockets and a belt. I don't recognize the person smiling back at me in the mirror. He almost looks like a man, a man with money. Is it warm? asks my stepmom. That's the important thing. Oh, yes, I say. Mom asks the storekeeper, what's the cost? Fifteen shillings, madam. Fifteen, fifteen shillings of our hard-earned money? 
I knew it. Nearly a pound sterling on me, that'll never happen. I start to untie the belt. Oh, very well, she says. There's no getting around it. I hope you appreciate all we're doing for you, Kin. Yes, Mum. Thank you, Mum. I follow her out with a grin on my face. This coat is probably the nicest thing I've ever owned. Wondering what happens next? Check out Lifeboat 12 by Susan Hood. Available in multiple formats at www.houstonlibrary.org. Thank you.